Welcome to Podcast This Escape, the show where we podcast about the escape that we just did in the last episode of Escape This Podcast. It all makes sense. Don't worry about it. Guys, congratulations. You got out of the room. Thank you. So for our audience, it was a week ago, but for you, it was five seconds. Yes. Uh, congratulations. You guys did really well. You had a lot of really snappy, speedy stuff going on with all those puzzles. So good work. And despite your suspicions, you did not die. Yeah, You didn't die. Isn't Woo-hoo! that wonderful? You were shot out a lot, but you didn't die. <laughs> Those those animals, I, I really wanted to put things in the animals' mouths. I thought it was going to happen. <laughs> yes. There's always something like that in these rooms where someone wants to just keep doing this dumb thing to a certain and object. often it will be exactly what I wanted them to do. Yes. <laughs> because you're sort evil of like that way, Danny. Alistair had this today where there's a lot of like, this is a dumb idea, but... And then you just do something that's right and fun. Lee, however... Did the actual dumb idea of putting everything in the animal's mouths. One of my favorite parts of this was I lose stuff in my couch cushion <laughs> yeah. all the time. Like one of one of the funny stories is that I have these pair of, of AirPods that I lost and I couldn't find them. And I was on the phone with Amy. And um, I was driving home from work and I was celebrating because it was a Friday. But when I celebrated, I put my hands up in the air while I was driving and the AirPods actually <laughs> fell out of my pocket and they were within oh, the man. car seat cushion. So obviously I was able to find the, the knife because of oh, checking yeah, the, I'm a the serial car remote cushions. loser. Yeah, so I was going to say. phone that, loser. And oh. that's always where our remotes yeah, are. It made perfect sense to me. Mm. Uh, well, yeah, you guys did really well. So I actually recently playtested this room as well. So um, I had a lot of similar things going through it uh, as you did. Uh, but we talked a lot. One thing I think before we get into what people's favorite sort of puzzles were or things like that or, or things or any, any of the questions. One thing that came out this episode, and I'm sure I've left it in the edit for the first one, is Danny learning how to say no. <laughs> <laughs> so this started because... I tried. I, I did the same thing, uh, I think, Amy, that you suggested, which was saw this painting and immediately was like, oh, you know, can I, is the painting, can we take it off the wall? Can I look behind it? And all this sort of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think, I think you suggested as well. It's, yeah. a very, it's a very reasonable suggestion. And then during the playtest, Danny had this long, like, oh, look, it, oh, it's, a, I mean, it's a heavy one. I suppose, look, it is, it is like hanging up. You can lift it. Is there anything back there? Oh, I don't, there's, there's nothing written on the back of it. Well, can, I, can I flip it? No, well, I mean, you don't. And eventually we just said, you could just, you could just say no. Like you're allowed to just be like, it's affixed to the wall. Deal with it. Like, so she, she took that today and, and did it, to make it easier, Danny. No, I feel terrible. <laughs> Saying no is so rude. All of us have gotten an answer wrong on Jeopardy before. Mm-hmm. So we've been told no by Alex Trebek, so it it, it, it really doesn't hurt our feelings yeah, anymore. When Ale- Man, when Alex, Alex Trebek says- saying no is okay, but it's when he says, ooh, no. <laughs> That's bad. When he apologizes no, to the worst, you. Yeah. The worst Aww. Alex Trebek one is where nobody gets it, and then he says the answer with that smile where he's like, it was, it was this. And a couple of nobody knew it. <laughs> what are you all doing? It was obviously this Canadian man. You know? <laughs> and, and it's just a bunch of people who just didn't know. I, and I had one that... Bizarrely enough, was about my job, and I didn't know it. And Alex just <laughs> looked at me and said, "Oh, Alistair, I'm surprised you didn't get that." <laughs> oh. oh man! So we we had uh, for our Christmas episode, we had the host of uh, Pointless in Australia as a guest. Oh, fantastic! Because um, uh, we were on an episode of Pointless, 
uh, which oh, we were on two episodes of Pointless, mm. uh, and that's that's a very fun show. That's that's a nice sort of. I, I enjoy. I, I don't know if there's a there's no American version of Pointless, is there? No, I, I've been I've been emailing all of the, all, all, every <laughs> single person. I'm like, can you please get Pointless on? Because I want to be on Pointless. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a I'm a game show fanatic, so I watch a ton of the uh, BBC renditions of these yep. game shows. And when I became they, friends with, they've got the best ones. When, when when I became friends with Bill, like the first question I asked him, I was like, yo. You got an episode of Pointless that I could watch? And he's like, I'm sorry, I don't. <laughs> I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't, we should have. No. I think my parents have a recording somewhere. But I don't even know how recordings work when you're recording things off TV nowadays. Yeah, true. So hard. Can't just stick a VCR in anymore. Oh, yeah. Bloody kids these days. <laughs> All <laughs> we need nowadays is international only connect. Mm. Oh, oh I, only connect would be very good. I want to play. I've just gotten into only connect and like... Oh, where has this been all my life? <laughs> so good. Oh, lovely. All right, so let's talk anyway. about what we actually just did. Yeah. That was fun. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> I got so right. hung up on, so- the, um, on the artwork, I thought we were going to have to do an awful lot more with that. Um, it's an interesting one. You actually got take a look at the artwork and how it's moving its eyes a lot faster than Bill did. Yeah. I tried to make the description a bit nicer in that regard, but I don't think it was too different. Yeah, it is an, it's an interesting thing. For, for me, when we playtested the room, I looked at the artwork. Danny described its eyes as following me around the room. I did not. But she did. Or she described it as they moved like, you know, you heard about this with paintings that can sometimes yeah. like look like they're following you. And in my head, I was just like, great, eyes follow me around the room. That's what it's doing. And I never, didn't look any closer to see if that's what it was actually doing. Whereas I thought, in a house that you know is inhabited by ghosts. Well, my first thought was to poke the eyes in case it was a person behind the <laughs> painting. <laughs> like in a sk- episode of Scooby-Doo. Well, but after that, I completely discounted them. So that was my sticking point. See, that's the... Where I, where I didn't know. I was going to say, that's the benefit of having multiple people. So I was like, well, if the eyes are following you, is it one of those illusions yeah, where that it was always great. looks like it? Or is there something to this? You're right. That made that is a an great interesting point. Way of You're doing right it. because for me, as a single person in the room, I didn't have that consideration of who is it following. Mm-hmm. You know, is it actually following, or is I couldn't split myself up and check. That's a, that's but, an interesting. Yeah, I remember. Like it changes um, your your approach to it. I remember when I was little, going to the uh, the National Cathedral with my family in Washington D.C. and my brother and I standing in different places and like, oh, it looks like it's looking at both of us at the same time, um, <laughs> but. You know, obviously, this one did not do that because it's. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. That's an interesting. That's an interesting like difference in how you approach a problem mm-hmm. when there's multiple people. Like it changes how you can think about how to look at a painting. That yeah, worked well. I like that. Uh, <sighs> but yeah, so for me, that was a big sticking point. It took me ages to get that. It was one of those. I had my moment halfway through the game where I was sitting there doing nothing until Danny had to say. You, there's a thing that you've forgotten about. You didn't. You, you've forgotten this thing. You've disregarded it. I had to go back and try and find it. Uh, you guys did very well. So Amy, right out the gate, was very like. It was great to start. Sometimes these episodes start fairly slowly because people just sort of go, um, "What could we?" You were just like, "Bang, painting, let's go." <laughs> <laughs> I have an idea. Let's start. That's, see, that's one, one of the things I told you, Bill, right away, was that Amy and Danny were going to have fun because Amy, in, 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 in an escape room, she touches everything so the, se- the, the, the second they say go even sometimes before they say go amy's taking things off the walls she's just touching everything <laughs> excellent <laughs> i'm like oh that looks interesting i'm gonna go check it out 
I love it. That was my favorite real life escape room moment where we weren't told that we were in the room yet. So it seemed like we were just in sort of like the orientation area. Mm -hmm. But it turned out to be the real room. But as she was introducing the room to us, the GM, I was looking around and noticing it looks like there are this some little things hidden around. So I was, <laughs> nice I was prepped. I stopped listening. I was just <laughs> taking a look. Yep, starting fast feels good. Yeah. Uh, but no, you guys did really well. Like I was, I was worried early on that this final episode would come out as a. 25 minute episode you're just really getting immediately you got let's do, like you had sold you had put the chairs in the right place for the card table before you'd even looked at what the card table was it was like i don't need to i don't care if there's cards at the table let's just get the chairs going let's let's yeah, move we next had, got a key yeah we'd done that before we asked if there was anything on the table yeah yeah that's true you had to was, ask are there like, cards on the card table <laughs> already done it sometimes i kind of go Oh, well, you know, there's an obvious thing we need to do here, so well, let's just get it done, and then, um, hey, we might get something early. Or hmm. um. For me, I always, I've, I've, done, like, I've done a few of these, and I've always developed this thing of, of even when I have the solution, I'll go like, all right, I know there's a solution, but I'm going to keep looking until I've looked at every single <laughs> object, and then eventually I'll go back and solve that puzzle that I found. Well, I mean, to an extent, your job is to break my games, to see if it's possible to break them and do I mean, things in the true. wrong order. That is true. It's it's really interesting when you are in escape rooms. Uh, I've I've done over fifty, so there's always this moment where you're looking at something and you're like, I should have everything I need to solve this, but I can't solve it yet. And one of the yeah. things that was really cool about the the big puzzle, which was the card puzzle, was how many different moments we needed to actually solve that puzzle. Mm. Yeah. It's a very different sort of one to write, one where lots of different elements were needed to get to one final thing. And again, that's one of those big horrible moments for me, GMing it and just going, no, I want to tell you that you don't have all the parts yet, but I can't do that. Mm. And just trying to know yeah, when it's appropriate, because when there is one big puzzle, puzzle with multiple parts, it is very hard to tell when you've got all of them or not. Mm. It was cool. So I, I was gonna. I was. Gonna, I think this is worth worth talking about this puzzle because it was the first time you'd sort of done something this connected, this many elements into the mm. one puzzle in a room. Um, and I came at it the same way you guys did, pretty much in order. I, I found the um, I found the, the 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 heads. I looked at the heads on the wall because there's no searching for that, right? There's mm. there's such an obvious thing to to look at. I got. I looked at the heads. I thought, oh, these match up to cards, but but I don't know how. Like, I don't like, you know, shark starts with an S. Is it the seven? Is it the six? That doesn't help, you know, like, uh, so I, I did that and it didn't get me anywhere. Um, and I tried again because I, I, like you, found the found the trophies next. Because again, they're fairly searchable, the trophies. Uh, made the connection. And then I was trying, so I was like, I started from the bottom, went J, you know, J, the first trophy starts with a J. Well, there's only one card that starts with a J, if we're discluding, you know, in, that's suited. It's a Jack. Oh, it's got to be a Jack. Great. The next one was an A. Oh, it's got to be an Ace. There's nothing else that starts with an A. Next one was a... Oh, what was the next one? It was a... Oh, something, something else that there was only one option. <laughs> and then again, an S, which could have been anything. So I had this, like... I was trying to find all these connections to skip this the final steps to match it all up. Uh, and then it took me ages to find the curtain at, at the end. Because I hadn't looked at the curtain. You, again, that was another thing. You guys you looked got at the that curtain. Very I think fast. Lee, immediately after the artwork, 
Lee had said, let's look at this curtain. For me, yeah. I, I, I discounted it completely. And then as soon as we look had at the knife, Alistair was like, end. cut the rope. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whereas for me, I had the knife already. I'd found the knife earlier and... Uh, Forgotten about and the curtains. didn't know that the curtains existed. Later on when I found the curtains, it was an immediate, a knot, I finally found something to cut. I can cut it. <laughs> I've been wanting to cut something for so long. That that rug puzzle with the uh, with the eyes. Cool. Yes, I like once once I had made that final connection. I'm like, oh, that was much easier than I was making that out to be the entire time. <laughs> uh, thank you for getting that. I was worried because in my playtesting, I was really tired, and I just told Bill. Yeah, don't worry about the directions of the eyes. They're just going in these directions, up, <laughs> left, right, down, whatever. So I was like, okay, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so he had no idea what to do. I, I got so stuck. That, but it's, that, is, a good point. that is definitely a, a point where I'm sitting there. I'm like, but if I follow this, what am I going to do with that? <laughs> you know, it's mm. like, like, yeah. like, am I going to hit it? And am I, I going to hit one square? And is it going to illuminate or something to that extent? And that whole shake thing. So I'm, sh- I'm like. What happens next? So I kind of discounted that idea at first, but kind of ran out of other ideas to do. So it was like, let's try this. Yeah. Did you find, because you had a lot of ideas about like moving trophies around and things like that. And I wonder if the fact that you know that this is a room with ghosts in it. Oh, yeah. That who knows exactly what is going to cause something to happen. Like you don't necessarily Mm. just have to be following logical. Yeah things well, like there aren't necessarily mechanisms and electronics and all of that that have to have a a way of happening i mean we sometimes magic could just be making it happening hang so it's not exactly <laughs> <logic-based>. <laughs> that idea, and anyway though... oh go ahead i'm sorry uh, so, and, and anyway uh, as uh, as you've pointed out before you know it could be an rfid based escape room where uh Everything, <laughs> you have to put the things in the right order and then suddenly it goes, oh, look, I have these things in the right order. No. Bing! That's actually something I really struggle with in real escape rooms because I don't know how good technology is. I, I really just apparently have no idea how far we've come in the last yeah. many, many years. So I never assume that something will have an effect. I always just think, not nah, if it's not a key, nothing will happen. Nothing happen. It's always hard, and it's always hard to balance that. Because I remember, I've, I'm sure I've told the story on the on the show before, but or maybe I've cut it. I don't know. Of doing a room where the technology was too good that I couldn't make sense of the room because there was a puzzle that involved holding a box, and you just had a fully enclosed wooden box in your hands, and you needed to turn it in a few different ways, and then a door on the other side of the room just opened. Wow. Because yeah. they had an ex- they had an accelerometer inside the box that could tell which angle the box is at and when it set certain things, it sent a signal that opened it. But because amazing of that, technology, yeah, amazing technology. But there is no part of me that went, maybe I should like flip the box around and that'll open the door because that that's nonsense. That's pure magic nonsense. Why would I think that? You know, like, in the same way you wouldn't think like like I don't know that you could just like think of a picture in your head and then it will appear on the wall over there. It's like that's not going to happen. That's in my like it's. So it's hard to make sure the connections are still solid enough that you'll think to follow them mm. is the hard bit with puzzles. I've always assumed in escape rooms like that that if, that if something is that complex that the mechanism is just released by the GM watching you do it the and pressing a watching. button. <laughs> yeah, well, often it, often it is. This one was something, super, but this was at a place that was specifically 
we have fancy tech okay. as their as their as their shtick. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it is always hard. The, the the less physical kind of connection, the less you can think through the puzzle in any kind of logical way, and especially in this format where there are no physical connections. Very specifically, mm. there's nothing physical to do in this in this room. It, it can be hard to make sure that people's brains still get on the right track and can think their way to the end. I couldn't figure out um, why we were able to approach the gun the second time. The ghost was more just... It wasn't actually going to do anything to you the first time. It just wanted to yell at you and was just letting you know, nope, this is Mr. Culloden's gun. No one else touches it. Hence, only his fingerprints. Mm. But the ghost wasn't actually going to shoot you then. But also it was the whole, this isn't what you need to do right now thing. Yeah. That helps too. But it's also, there's a clear, like, if you go up to take a gun off a wall, it looks like you're going to take a gun. But if you go up to a gun very daintily with a brush in your hand, what you're gonna, <laughs> like, I don't think he's like, they're going to fire this gun. They're going to try to take this gun and fire it. So perhaps your intentions were clear. I was just waiting for you to to yell at us for that one. Then you didn't. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> one of the things that I tend to enjoy in escape rooms is making a ton of mistakes. Even like, I I feel like I don't get anywhere until I make all of these mistakes. <laughs> so, uh, like when I kept on putting things in the animals' mouths, that was half joking, but it was half legitimate. Like I thought something was going to happen at some point, mm. and when you I never ha- know, and 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 when I put the uh, the pipe in the clock, I expected to be told that that was stupid and you shouldn't. You know, the the clock's not a smoking clock, mm. but you know, it, <laughs> the the fact that it worked. Sometimes in these escape rooms, just thinking outside of the box is so paramount to solving it. Definitely. Mm. And this is also part of why, before every recording, we tell our guests to vocalise their thoughts, even if they seem stupid. Because even if, if someone else had said, like, oh, it's a really thin pipe, it's probably not thin enough for that clock, it'd be good to then have someone go, like, no, nah, maybe it is. Let's stick a pipe in a clock. You know, like, it helps because sometimes you have these ideas that don't, that seem a bit outlandish, that end up coming together really well. Uh, we've had a guest, and I think I mentioned this on one of the earlier talking through ones. So many times. So a guest who every time he came up with an idea, he was like, "This is this doesn't work. This is a little bit like you today, Asta. Sorry. <laughs> a little bit just. This is a dumb idea. It's not going to work. Can I try this? And it always worked. And it was always the right idea. Uh, it, and it happens, right? Like there's a reason it's in your head. Uh, it is very possibly because of the right. Because thing. I'm a master manipulator. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, there was a moment in this episode. The, a quite prolonged moment of being completely on the wrong track. <laughs> uh, Triangulating. So, <laughs> yeah. We're all sitting here and like again, drawing this is, lines and things. This is, this is an issue where, like, because the rooms don't physically exist, people have images in their heads. And yours, made, like, if for you guys, it was kind of perfectly reasonable. You had four things on the left wall and four things on the right wall and four things on the top wall. Even, <laughs> uh, I noticed... Uh, in the description of the rug, because of the questions about the rug that had been asked, mm-hmm. there was an implication that the rug could have been lines between, like it's it was a, a square with lines drawn on it, ver- you know, like a grid yeah. that li- could line up with the things to make like just a grid in the middle. Oh, I see. So, so the way the the rug ended up being described, all of this kind of came together to build a 
picture in everybody's heads of a room laid out in this very orderly grid fashion mm. that we could then triangulate against. Yep. And it's interesting because it seemed like a perfectly reasonable idea. You had these three points, they all lined up, you could find a point for each of them uh, and then try and get something out of that. Maybe you could then like connect where those dots all line up and it would draw a picture of, of something or, you know... Uh, Alistair tried to line all them up to see where they all sort of connect at a certain point. But it's just really interesting. It's 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 so much of it's based on the, this image that you build up in your head of, of the room and relying on a, on it to physically be that way. In this case, it didn't go anywhere. But in other rooms, it has. Like we've done a room where it, where it did work exactly like that. It, it's interesting. It was It was definitely the point where we knew that this was the puzzle. Like... In, mm, in, 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 the in, big one. In, in every escape room, there's the puzzle, the one that is the one that's <laughs> right before the end. It's the hardest puzzle to solve. It's the one that you're normally collecting data for throughout the entire mm. room. And we knew that this was that puzzle. So we knew it wasn't going to be just a walk in the park at that point. So I'm looking at the things on the left, the things on the right, the things ahead. And then once we put the rug in the back, I'm like, OK. This has yeah. to be something going on here, but no, yeah. there wasn't. No, <laughs> it was interesting. There's one point where you figured out that the animals, the trophies, and the curtains all connected to each other, but then coming up with the concept of well, actually, the animal heads and the curtain don't connect to each other whatsoever. Mm. There's no straight connection between mm -hmm. the two. You have to go via the trophies. Mm. Yeah. So there's a sort of a pattern that gets you from from the cards. In one. one straight line back to the curtains, there's there's sort of these two ends of the of the of the progression, mm -hmm. which is why in the end that was the that was the sequence for those cards. Yes, because Oops. the cards only connected to the to the heads, which then connect to the trophies, but not to the curtain, and the trophies connect heads to curtain. the heads to the curtain. So it's like one long pattern. But it's it was interesting. It took a while. We kind of tried each each of the different orders in turn. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. It's a tricky one to write because, yeah, I've never really written one where it's lots of different elements coming together like that and trying to make sure that you absolutely need all of the elements and you can't just make do with two of them. Yeah, you couldn't it's, skip from cards to the curtains yeah, straight away. it's very hard. So was, a challenge. Was, was there a point of panic where you thought legitimately we were going to solve this room within 30 minutes? At the start, I was. You guys came straight out of the gate Solved a puzzle straight away. Just like, look at the curtain, look at the chairs, open the chair, get the thing. We've got a key, moving on. And then it started to slow down. But <laughs> I had a bit more faith that it was going to go normally. <laughs> also, when we play tested this room, every time Bill got one of the steps in the big puzzle, like he discovered the trophies, I would then pick up my phone and just <laughs> sort of do nothing, browse Facebook on it, because I knew that he was then going to read into that for a while but i also knew he didn't have all the steps ready yet so that happened several times so i was pretty convinced that he wasn't going to solve it in 30 minutes and because of that i just went yep cool this one's fine we got this room no one's getting out of it too early uh, but no you guys did do really well it, you guys it was like the whole way through you kept thinking. You worked really well together as well. Sometimes it's mm. when there's a when there's like three guests. We've never had four, have? Oh, we had four once. Mm. Um, we just couldn't hear two of them. <laughs> um, when there are multiple guests, you get this sort of like 
one person kind of takes the lead and goes, I'm going to... But straight out of the gate, uh, which I've said for the fourth time this episode, hmm. um, it was really clear that you guys would work well together because... You I clearly think have your brains like, on the same wavelength, you, but you, you, can solve different types of puzzles yeah, as well. It was good. It, it went really well. You sort of worked off each other really well and it maintained it the whole way through. So it made it really good for, for all of us and all the listeners at home. Hopefully. It was all really balanced and, and nice. Uh, so good work, guys. It was it was very enjoyable. You guys were were great. Thank you. And this actually goes back to the fact that we're all uh, pub trivia players. And in order to solve some of these pub trivia questions, sometimes you just got to talk it out. Like I might totally. have a piece yes. of information that would have Alistair solve a solve a trivia question, even though I didn't have it to begin with. And maybe even if mm. Alistair didn't have it to begin with. The more we talk about it, generally we stumble on the correct answer. Exactly. You'll, you'll find that connection. I had that with my mom last time I went to trivia with her. She was trying to identify a band and eventually she just said, I don't know where they're from, maybe Sweden. And I went, is Roxette? They're Swedish. <laughs> I don't know anything about what Roxette sounds like or what their songs are, but I just know Roxette is a Swedish band. Yeah. <laughs> so we got it. And it was, uh, it was wrong. It was ABBA. It was ABBA. That was oh, no. <laughs> no, no, it was Roxette. It was Roxette. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. You need that sort of teamwork to accomplish yeah. these sorts of puzzles or those sorts of trivia questions. Yeah, and you guys did really well. So uh, congratulations. Thank you. We'll probably wrap up there unless anyone... No, oh, no we won't. We oh, haven't we... even talked about what? the story. Oh, yeah, that's right. We've got to talk about what we found Good out about the story. God. Oh, who cares about ghosts and stuff? It's all about puzzles. Um... So yeah, so Moving we had in this on. one. We had in this one. So so as a recap, as a quick recap, in the first episode, it was uh, two people coming up in the car, and then we had the driver Wesley, named after Patreon donor Wesley Wells, um, who crashed the car and felt like you know he had a whole thing. Well, he was obviously really like he was drunk. They'd found the bottles underneath the chair that were open. Right, they found alcohol bottles underneath the passenger seat open, and then in a car that had previously like crashed. So the, the, we think that the, the ghost in the time of the initial of the original car crash had like gotten drunk and crashed the car. Uh, and he was then, you know, that's why he was so, uh, I can't look at myself anymore. It felt very guilty about it, but that was the car crash that killed the that killed Mike Culloden. Is that the Wesley Wells In the Wells next episode. Yes. yes, it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Wesley Wells. Drunk driving ghost. Such uh, a community <laughs> we're forming here. Everyone knows everyone. Uh, and Mike, Mike Barsky Culloden. Mike Barsky is mm -hmm. the Patreon donor for, for Mike Culloden. Um, in the next, in the second episode, there was a new set of, of uh, descendants who luckily avoided the car trip up and ended up in the kitchen, the kitchen that you passed through, full of the, uh, the remnants of their escape, including the melted chocolate and powders all over the floor. Uh, so when you go back and listen to the episode, you'll be able to note, note those things that happened in your intro. Uh, but they, they found that uh, Katrina Culloden, named after Katrina Kivamaki, or Kiva, however you pronounce an A with an umlaut. I'm so sorry. Uh, it wasn't an umlaut, was it? I think it was an umlaut. That's right. Uh, Katrina Kivamaki, who was Katrina Culloden in this case, had a child. She was afraid of how angry Mike Culloden was getting. Um, 
I mean, he does carry a flick knife around, which is kind of weird. And uh, have a hunting instructor a hunting who's instructor. been in the house's service for many years, I think it was. Yeah, so he's, but she was afraid of, you know, of him and how he was going to... So she fled with the child, which is probably... She was pregnant with oh, the child. Oh, she was pregnant with the child. Wasn't a child. Which we think is possibly uh, where this descendant line of Culloden's that's just been rediscovered came from, is that no one knew there was this child that she... Because she kept it a secret. Uh, she had a relationship with the chef Lee, named after Patreon donor Lee to George. Who's that guy? Uh, I don't know, some loser. Uh, but, uh, True. <laughs> um, uh, the whole time, though, this chef was angry and mad, like revealing things in this room of, like, uh, you know, that no one was getting food except for the, you know, it was scraps for everybody who wasn't the master. The master was getting real food and everyone else can get just stale bread and get out of the kitchen. Like very vicious, angry stuff against anyone who, who, who wanted to come to the kitchen for food. So there was obviously this sort of hate filled situation. Uh, they found this uh, door into an, a dusty hallway that they couldn't get open, which is where you guys came in and went down. And what do we find today? We found this, this uh, hunting instructor who knew that... So this was after Mike Culloden's wife had left, when Katrina had left. Because he said, what was it in the note, in the logbook? Something along the lines of, uh, he's, he was late. I thought it was because of his... Because his wife had left him. But turns out it's because he'd lost his flick knife. So he's going a bit weird as well, to be more angry about the lost flick knife. Do we know... What do we, like... What else do we get from this? Do we get any, like, major happenings? We, we know that Mike Culloden is a bad shot with a rifle. <laughs> 30% accuracy. Mm-hmm. And that he's not uh, and that he's not very punctual. Yeah. Hmm. And that he's not punctual. Did you notice that the time that you had to set the clock for was five minutes before the hour? Yeah, or it was five minutes before the hour, just flicking over to what to the hunting instructor would classify as late. Yes. Mm. I I really wanted to make that work in a puzzle, like the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> How did the date line? It was on a when. Did it matter that this this hell happened on a Wednesday? No, because because I feel like that was the date, the day of um, the driver's note as well. I do not remember. Maybe that's just because his that. name is Wesley. Yeah, I don't think I mentioned. <laughs> Fair enough. <sighs> and so, thank you to our hunting instructor, Patreon donor Philip, Philip Ho. Ho. Hope you enjoyed it. I. Like usually I've been saying, I want to apologize to the Patreon donors for the characters that they're being because pretty much everyone in this season is a scumbag. But I don't know. He was a bit uptight and trigger happy, but <laughs> he didn't seem to be as big of a jerk as some of the other characters. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he he's no try to kill us. himself. Well, well, you were late. <laughs> we weren't late. We didn't have an appointment. Uh, we actually just walked in when we weren't supposed to. <laughs> so he was he doing his job. Three bear traps in a safe. Which is a bit weird. He really wanted them. They were his favorite bear his, traps. And colored and locked them traps. away. Yeah, it's interesting. Do we do we did we figure anything else out? Have I missed anything that we may have been able to glean from that episode, do you think, Danny? I like well, to I think suppose... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no you go. I was gonna say Danny's I like to think that um that Philip is actually the one that won all of the hunting trophies given Mike Culloden's terrible shooting accuracy uh, and that he took the bear traps away to 
cover up the fact that he had stolen Philip's glory. That's pro- that very well maybe true. Now I'm thinking it's like a Mr. Burns and Smithers in the golf yes. competition yes. sort totally. of situation. That's exactly it. Mm. Love it. I suppose the big question when it comes to any ghost story, I mean, what's the big question with a haunted house? What's the unfinished business? Yeah. To so shoot Mike Cullerton. That's always the question that you've got to be coming back to. You have three of these servants who are all distraught, distressed, angry, and Mrs. Culloden's letter to the chef in the second one says that Mr. Culloden's rage issues seem to be poisoning everyone else in the house. Yeah, that's true. That's They're sad. all becoming... I mean, that chef, when you compared... They had a note that was like, hey, you're a lovely person who loves to sing, compared to the chef going, get out of my kitchen, I'm going to get you all out. Rah, 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 rah. This hunter... Uh, seem has gone crazy with mm. people being late trying to shoot you for no reason. Like, it's interesting. Is the un- but what's the unfinished business? Just calm down. Just calm down. <laughs> so I haven't heard the second episode yet. But if I'm mm. the ghost, I'm and I'm loud <laughs> and yelling at people. This is definitely on brand for me. <laughs> <laughs> And we still are going to find it's... out at some point why um, why the ghosts don't want new Culloden's back with that Culloden's keep house Indeed. at the end of episode one. Yeah. I mean, if I their mean, boss if was Culloden that much of a jerk. Yeah, if he was that terrible, if he did something... I wonder if there's... Surely we're going to... We've got to find the ghost of Mike Culloden at some point. And he'll be super chill. He'll be like, oh, no. <laughs> I just had real bad stuff. I just can't help but think, Bill, that you're not as good of a character as we would like to think you are. I think there's something about you that doesn't necessarily sit well with me. I think I'm, you're I'm, a ghost. I'm Bruce Willising. Yeah, I've been dead the whole time. <laughs> oh, no, it's Bruce Willis all over again. <laughs> See, Bill hasn't seen any of the future plans beyond like this episode. He has no idea what's happening. So he has no idea whether there's any truth to that or not. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I'm Mike. Maybe I've been Mike Cullerton this entire time. It just it it just seems so strange that you tend to disappear whenever anything goes wrong. Just like in the first hey, episode. Hey, I'm a busy man. Just I like in the first to, episode, to all of a sudden, magically, you get off the phone and the limo starts going berserk. Just like in this episode, we're trying to uh, you know figure out what to do, and magically you can't get through on the cell phone, and you're all garbled. I think it's you. I think you're the one. Yeah, it's I probably think, true. I think you're my. Culloden. What I'm getting from that is actually it's it's your phone. <laughs> my phone is possessed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, it, oh, because uh, Mike is trapped in Bill's phone, like. Uh, but Philip is tra- trapped in the clock and Wesley is trapped in the... Yeah, oh. exactly. You should just smash your phone right now and cancel out all the future episodes. <laughs> I'm going to go on record right, to it. say that Bill is my Culloden. That's it. All right. I'll just edit in something different so that Lee says something silly. <laughs> Put it in the animal's mouth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. I think that's about time I to wrap this one up. probably covered it all. Uh... Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Alistair. You guys did wonderfully. Thank you. Uh, is there anything Is there anything that you want to, anything you have to plug? Anything you want to tell the audience? I can get, I can put, I can link your Twitter profiles in the show notes. I, well, 
I would like to just say something real fast. Uh, we, we, we talked about Jeopardy quite a bit. And um, mm-hmm. one of the best teachers I know and one of the nicest guys I know, Larry Martin, uh, was the guy who absolutely mm-hmm. beat me on a game of Jeopardy. Uh, unfortunately, Larry, who before he got a chance to participate in the Tournament of Champions, Larry passed away due to cancer. Um, and I was very close with Larry. Um, I was very close with Larry's family as well. And one of the things I wanted to just say today is if you've ever had a teacher or you know someone who's had a teacher that has made a difference in your life, let that teacher know. Larry was the type of guy who, beyond being a great trivia player and beyond being just a great person, he was probably the best teacher I had ever met in my life. And even though it's it's kind of not adjacent to the fact that we just did an escape room, the fact that he was such a great person and he passed away so tragically uh, from diagnosis to his last breath, it was approximately three months. So it was a surprise oh, wow. to everybody. And Jeopardy just recently did a really touching tribute to him, which you could probably find on Twitter. Oh, I'd love to say that. Yeah. So um, if you want to check out that story, please do. Um, if you want to ask me questions about that or uh, ask me questions or ask any of us uh, about questions about Jeopardy, I'm sure you could reach out to any of us as well on Twitter. My Twitter is at run the stairs and I'll let the other two talk about that as well. I have a Twitter at uh, three F by air, but you won't see very much there. <laughs> and um, I'm on there at mixed metaphor and nothing I post is of huh. any value. <laughs> Good name to snag. Yes. I got it in 2009. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Well, look, I'll, I'll, I'll have those all linked below. Maybe you'll get a whole bunch of new escape room and Jeopardy-based tweets oh boy. at you. <laughs> many of them may well be from me. Danny will just I have you. so many inane questions. <laughs> ask them, ask them. Uh, all right, lovely. Um, and as well, for people who want to get in contact with us, it's always the same information. Our email is escapethispod at gmail.com. You can also email in any questions that we can answer in these episodes. Uh, if you have any questions for me or for Danny, uh, like, why are you so dumb for me? And why are you so smart for Danny? It'll be great. Uh, and any other specific questions that you get, we'll try and answer them on these. Uh, but we're also, we'll get back to you straight away. Um, we're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Uh, there's a Facebook page uh, where we post a lot. Uh, and you can also join us as a Patreon if you'd like. Anyone who does donate has the opportunity for their name to appear in one of our rooms. Uh, in this room, it was obviously Philip Ho, who appeared as... Philip, ho. Uh, <laughs> but there's more donation levels. Uh, for $5 and up, there are bonus episodes. There is another one in the works right now. Uh, very well may be out by the time this this episode is, where it depends how in, in advance we are, uh, where Danny takes uh, public domain murder mystery stories and turns them into playable adventures that I play through and try and solve the mystery. 2019 is a good year for the public domain. That is true. We got a lot of extra Christies. Uh <laughs> So listen to those. They're wonderful. We'll try and do other bonus episodes as well throughout 2019. Uh, there's badges that people can get. There'll be a new badge coming out soon as well uh, and a few other rewards above that as well. So uh, if you'd like to come and help support the show, that is a wonderful way. If you're looking for other ways to support the show, leave a review. Review. I haven't had a big call for reviews for a while, but if you can leave a review for the show on iTunes or any other app that you use on Stitcher or Google Podcasts, 
that would make a huge difference. It's how a lot of people find the show uh, and it helps us show off all our cool reviews to people. Um, uh, and if you can't do that or if you've already done that, just tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell, a, tell an acquaintance, tell everybody, tell a person on the street. Next, if you're listening to this while you're on the bus, just tap the person on the shoulder next to you and say, hey, this is a really good podcast and put your headphones in their ears. It's, that, that's how you spread the love. Uh, I think other than that, Daddy's looking at me like I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm just having an internal scream about having someone else's earphones in my ears. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and with that, I think You're we're a done. Monster. I'm fine. Uh, all right, wonderful. Thank you again, guys, for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you. Were you. Spectacular. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody at home. Bye.